You're listening to Minor Talk On Demand exclusively on 600 ESPN El Paso. Stay up to date with Minor Talk by downloading the free 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. UTAP fans, it's time for Minor Talk with Adrian Broadus and Sal Montes. Minor Talk is presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. Wind Supply El Paso. Locate your nearest champion dealer at windsupplyelpaso.com. And Keats Southwest. Leading the industry in precision metal stamping since 1958. Call into the show at 880-5763 or tweet the show at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Now, let's go live to the Lube and Go Studios with your hosts, Adrian Broadus and Sal Montez. All right, welcome back. Minor Talk is live. We are back in action. No hiccups. <laughs> We're ready to go. UTEP defeats Rice. Oh, man, they squeezed past this one. 70-67 to 67 is the final score. The Owls had multiple chances in the final stretch, but the Miners just found a way to win. You heard from head coach Joe Golding, first-year head coach. This is March. We are here. John, to quote John Rostein, we will sleep in May. This is our time to lock in on college basketball, and this is the best time of year right now. So I'm so excited and fired up to talk with the Minor Faithful about this one. UTEP defeats the Owls 70-67. to They sweep the series. They lock in the fourth seed in the Conference USA West Division, uh, and that is huge for them when we're talking about the Conference USA Tournament that's taking place next week. The Miners have now won 17 games on the season, and uh, there's really a lot to talk about in today's edition of Minor Talk. Our telephone number is 880-5763. Our telephone number to get into the program, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, and uh, that's 600 ESPN El Paso.com, where you can check out the recap as well on uh, this game. Uh, I'm going to give you my quick analysis of this one. I was at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine um, right up to tip. Off. We had a live sh- uh, show, sports talk out there, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Got a chance to hang out with guys like Praise and Mayule and Jadrian Taylor uh, at that event, and then bolted over to the Don Haskins Center, was listening to the entire game, watched the entire game before uh, I got there with about uh, seven minutes until half, and you know, I kind of thought to start things off, the Miners were rolling on all cylinders. I thought they were going to race away with this victory because they had a lead by as much as 12 points in the first half. And then in an instant, it was a tie game at the end of the first yeah. half. The Owls closed out the first uh, with a 13-2 to run. Uh, UTEP looked flat to close out that first half, but then coming out of the second half, the Miners also looked flat. You kind of thought that the Miners were possibly going to lose this game. Um, there was an extended run over seven minutes, uh, and I'm talking about five of the last first half minutes, and then two uh, of the first, I guess, uh, second half minutes. Rice went on a 20-4 to run against UTEP. They were, they propelled themselves to a big lead in this game, and Rice swung all the momentum on their end. They led by as much as 11 points in this game with 12 minutes to go. In fact, uh, Rice held on, and they had a lot of their the momentum on their end all the way up into probably about the you know seven-minute mark when they were still leading 58-54 at the seven-minute mark. And you know the Miners had to rally back. Um, they held strong defense. 
defensively. The key, uh, the key stat to know is from the seven-minute mark all the way down to about the two-minute mark, there was a five-minute stretch where the Miners did not allow a single field goal to mm-hmm. drop by the Owls. I mean, that just shows you how uh, poised this defense really was down the stretch. Boom had a nice defensive stop at the end with, uh, by drawing that big charge. And, and then the Miners kind of had a brain fart. They couldn't inbound the ball. That was mm-hmm. frustrating to watch if you were a fan. Uh, if you were in the stands, you were probably just like, you know, g- get it in at some point. I know the first one, like Joe Golding was saying, hey, if they're if they're really pressing hard, let's call a quick timeout. But the second one, that's the one where you got to get, you got to inbound and you just got to finish off the game. And um, I know that these late game situations have been tough for the Miners, but they've been pulling uh, through. And, you know, they didn't pull through against that UAB uh, team that we saw last weekend. And, and I, I think that was disappointing to some. You thought, oh, man, are they going to fall in this one as yeah. well? Is, it, is Rice going to come into the Haskins Center and steal one against the Miners? But UTEP was able to hold firm in the end. And, Man, Sal, this was a, let's call it a little bit of luck, but you create your own luck in March, and I think that's exactly what this UTEP basketball team has done. Yeah, sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. I mean, that's the the cliche quote, but I mean, at the end of the day, do you want to win or not? I mean, it doesn't matter if you have better numbers. If, you know, the, the one number that matters, the actual score, you don't have more than the other team. So they, they were able to get a little bit of luck tonight, that's for sure. But uh, as you mentioned, they did make some of that own luck because not allowing a single field goal throughout that five-minute stretch, oh, yeah. it was huge. You, you know, especially when you're trying to get back into this game, your offense, um, you, you, you got to find it somewhere. And they did get contributions, don't, don't get me wrong. But one big thing that this team is missing is, um, is you know, getting points from the charity stripe for whatever reason I don't want to say they're not a good free throw shooting team because I think they're respectable I mean they closed the game out at the line but they're just not a good get to the free throw line team if that makes any sense so I think they can be a much better team if they're able to get to the line however I don't know why they're not getting to the line I think they're aggressive enough but for some reason they're just not getting those uh those calls in their favor and i'm not saying it's the referee's fault but it there has to be something missing in order for them to get to that line. well, well the biggest n- uh, number to look at sal and i'm glad you look immediately mm-hmm. at the free throw line is uh zero attempts in the first half attack the uh, attack the yep. cup you know especially in the late stretch of the game where they're not getting anything to fall and then the second half they just go eight attempts only and so you're you're getting some of these and one plays but you're not converting them and and that's a bit that's the that's most huge, frustrating yeah. thing uh, if you're watching this team. Now, on the other side, this team could be a very good free-throw shooting team. I mean, they've got Sule Boom on their team, who's mm-hmm. pretty much lights out from the free-throw line, but he's also got to get there. He's got to get to the free-throw line, got to get to the charity stripe, got to draw those fouls, uh, and I think that's the bread and butter of this offense. If they're able uh, to draw those fouls uh, against the opponents, that would be the way to win. Now, I will, I will say this. I thought the Owls had a great game plan tonight. I mean, Carl Pierre... 30 points in this one. He was lights out from beyond the arc, 6 of 11 from three-point range, and that's where he got a lot of his own buckets. What a game he had. I mean, uh, hats off to him. Uh, he he uh, had a double-double because he totaled yeah. 11 rebounds as well, a steal in 36 minutes of action. Max Fiedler has something against UTEP. I, I'm just convinced <laughs> with that. He flirted with a triple-double, not a double-double, a triple-double. He had 13 points, 10 boards, and 7 assists. I mean, this Rice team, Every time I see them, I never guarantee this a win. I I really don't because they're such a feisty, pesky group. Um, there's a, they're a team that is out for blood because when you're talking about UTEP and Rice earlier this year, and I know it was well documented on the broadcast. 
the time where one of their best players uh, in Quincy Olivari got hurt was against the Miners. He, he's only played 19 games this year, and he's out. I think he's out for the rest of the season with an mm-hmm. injury. Uh, and he actually got injured in that first game on February 5th when the Miners won 72 to 70. Look at how close that game was, and look at how close this game was uh, down to the wire. And it just shows you uh, that Rice, despite their record, they're such a feisty team. They're a team you do not want to face in the tournament. They're an extremely cerebral team, and I, I think it starts with uh, Max Fiedler, a guy we've heard make numerous plays against UTEP, but not not only is he making plays, he's efficient in the process, you know, and he's affecting the game in all ways. A near triple-double tonight, but we're looking at a guy who, I don't want to say he's their lone big, but when you look at the stats and, and you know the, the position type, yes, he is their lone big, but he does so much more than that, and for him to, to be one of the primary ball handlers on this team and only have two turnovers is huge, and he cancels it out with his two steals as well, so that shows he's playing defense, he's moving the ball he's scoring the ball he's rebounding the ball you name it he, he's like a vacuum around the rim and he just has a good nose for the basketball so I think he's probably one of the more underappreciated players in conference USA that we've seen in some time oh I'm with you completely Sal I mean he, every time UTEP goes up against him I just feel like he's the UTEP killer like he just <laughs> has this uh, good edge to him and he's a solid player all around 880-5763 that's our telephone number to get into the show we're also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter where we're asking people a question this is an interesting one and I've got a lot of things to talk about today. So so we're going to be talking a lot here on Minor Talk, and this is going to be an interesting one. We've heard a lot of different things over this past week, and I really want to talk about this uh, in, in full extent. Here's my first storyline for the, for the weekend for a lot of people to think about. If UTEP is invited to a postseason tournament, not the NCAA tournament, I'm talking about one of those C, uh, CBI, CIT tournaments, should they go? Should UTEP say that they want to play in postseason action if it isn't the NCAA tournament? We want to know yes or no, reason why not. The poll is up on on our Twitter page, 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter right now. Out of 34 votes in less than 20 minutes, almost 80% of the voters say yes to postseason play. 22% say no focus on recruiting. Uh, Sal, can I get your early thought? I don't want I don't want your your take on the this, full, but just yeah. give me your uh, give me your reactions on on for or against this. Uh, uh, I'll tell you both. I think when okay. it, when it comes to four, uh, I can understand why because this team is a lot better than they were at the beginning of the year starting to gain some form. And also, we're finally getting to see what Keontae Kennedy, um, you know, Jamal Bienemy, and Sule Boom look like um, at this point in the season, which is something that people haven't seen in a while. And they could cause a lot more damage uh, than they did earlier on in the season when they were on that little stretch. So I think that would be the reason why. But when, when we look at the other side, whereas it's no... Um, what is there really to play for other than wanting to see these guys play a couple more games? Mm-hmm. And how far can they go? Yeah, it's a great. Those are great hypothetical questions right there, Sal. I would be curious to know from the fans because I think it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, play. Get all the mm-hmm. postseason play uh, action that you can get. Get all the experience you can get with the, with this new nucleus of players and, yeah. and have them you know continue on this season where they've done a lot of things for the first time. I mean, this has been pretty much the season of firsts for the minors in a lot of different categories, and I think those are all positive things. But I think that's 
almost too easy to say yes. I want people to look at the the other side of the coin, and you bring up a good point. You know, pack. It's been a long season. This team has gone through a lot of adversity. Let's let's put that out there first. And then there's the looming transfer portal that's that's on the horizon where uh, no one wants to think about it. Everybody wants to think, hey, um, you know, this coaching staff is coming in. There's a lot of momentum with this coaching staff. Uh, the nucleus will stay intact. But I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's not about the, the coaching staff. I think if you ask all these players, you know, top to bottom, what they think of this coaching staff, I think in a real conversation, most of these guys will say positive things about Joe Golding and this entire staff. They really like this group, and I, I'm, be, I'm being honest. And it, I, I know that for a fact. And you know what? It's not so much just uh, will they say nice things, it's will they mean them too, and you know the consensus would be yes. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm totally with you on that, but that has nothing to do with the transfer portal. I'll be honest with you, because the transfer portal has so many outside factors that, that you know, unfortunately go into the current locker room, and they could have a, a ripple effect on some of these players. We've seen it in years past, time and time again. Some people wanted to point fingers at coaches. I mean, uh, remember when it, the transfer portal was first really becoming a big thing under mm-hmm. Tim Floyd, and fans were ripping him left and right, saying that he couldn't connect with players at times and stuff like that? Well, that was one of the storylines we heard. And then under Rodney Terry, there was there was mass exodus every year of players leaving, uh, bolting for other, other places. Yeah. And let's be honest. I mean, another let, let's be real here because – it's a 50-50 split of players who have production and, and who uh, you know soar after they leave from UTEP. I'll, I'll give you quick, two quick examples. Anthony Tark, who starred at Coppin State, player of the year, defensive player of the year in the MEAC, gets uh, drafted to the uh, – not he's an undrafted guy – to the Detroit Pistons. He's now playing in their NBA G League. That's a prime example of somebody who made the most of his transfer. FEODG, recently named first team yeah, Sunbelt. and newcomer of the year in the Sun Belt. What a uh, a accomplishment he had um, you know this past year and he averaged under 6 points last year for the minors. He couldn't even get off the bench and and this year he's been the catalyst for the Troy Trojans. He's made the most of his journey. Uh, and then of course Bryson Williams. I mean that's been well documented on this program time and time again. I mean what he's been doing with Texas Tech being one of the best players in the Big 12 overall. Sal any other uh, any other um you know people that we could think of here. Uh another one too would be a guy in uh Nigel Hawkins who's out there with uh, Stephen F. Austin, who just took down uh, one of the best teams uh, in this region, being New Mexico State. So okay, well, yeah. I'm going to go with the bust on that one because he he played he played well with the Miners, and now he's be- he's can't even get off the bench. True. But he, he, he's he's tasting some more success over there. Yeah. In oh, the unit. You know, you're right. Team success over there. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that one right there. When you're asking me yeah. about team success with Stephen F. Austin, sure, I'm with you. Then there's guys who leave and don't really see the floor at all, and and don't have a good experience where you know the next place that they go. I'll I'll give a quick uh, you know some other quick examples. One of them is uh, somebody like Jordan Lathan, who ends up at Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Another name to to mention as far as guys who just couldn't get much production after they left Utah. Christian Sholin at Portland State. So uh, what I'm getting at here is it's kind of a 50-50 split when you're talking about the transfer portal. I'm looking at this, if you are saying no and UTEP says no to postseason play, whether it be the CBI, the CIT, if you're saying no, then you might be looking at UTEP's recruiting efforts. And you might say, hey, with the transfer portal being what it is, with recruiting being what it is and so aggressive, like like teams are literally looking right now on oh, who yeah. they're going to have on their roster next year. They're already getting an early start on this kind of stuff. 
Maybe it's time to you know turn the page and look at recruiting. I don't know. I think it's an interesting uh, you know kind of debate on whether or not UTEP should uh, entertain those postseason tournament chances. Eight eight zero five seven six three. That's our telephone number. If you'd like to talk about this one, six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Going to read a couple quick tweets and then we'll get to Joe Rod real quick for our post game wrap up uh, with Joe Golding and the players in the post game locker room. Kenny Onyema tweets the show. What a game. Conference USA refs have been out to get Titus as of late, though. Everybody's seeing it. You know me, Sal. Yeah. Uh, with Titus, it's uh, it's tricky because I, I want to say yes, uh, just based off of the fact that some of these calls are terrible. But there's two things that I go back to. Conference USA refs are terrible in general yes. across the board. And then also we saw him get in some foul trouble um, in out-of-conference play early on in the season. Not just this year, but even last year. So uh, I think it's kind of 50-50 there. But on that last call, I, I don't think that was a foul on Titus. I, I think they missed, uh, they missed the wrong that guy. That was the worst call yeah. maybe the of the year. Of yeah. the year. Like, and it could have lost you to the game ultimately. Yeah. And I don't harp on the refs, but that was the worst call of the year in my eyes. I've never seen. I have not seen a worse call this year against UTEP. They're terrible, but they're consistent. So that's congratulations, true. Conference USA. You know what? I think we need to start taking names of these refs and like <laughs> and like put a ranking. Like who is the worst ref out of them? Because like I'm seeing these guys reoccurring. Yeah, you know, reoccurring refs. Where I'm like, all right, Mick uh, Field Blinder. This guy, you know, he's he's calling some whack calls uh, against UTEP left and right, and I'm sure it's not just UTEP. I'm sure it's all across Conference USA. But hey, yeah. we should start a ranking like that. Let's go to Joe Rod, who's joining us on the phone lines right now, breaking down the post game interviews with head coach Joe Golding and the players. What's up, Joe Rod? Hey, what's going on, Adrian? How you doing, my man? I'm doing great, man. What did the What did the team say after this one? Excuse me. Say that again. I said I'm doing great, man. What did the team say after this game? No, Adrian. Um, actually, uh, after the game, obviously, we spoke with head coach Joe Golding. We were also able to uh, give an access to speak with Jamal Bienemy, Keontae Kennedy, obviously coming off the bench, 16 points tonight. Um, I asked uh, Jamal Bienemy, my question for him coming out was, uh, what was it that UTEP stopped doing there uh, in the second half of, or uh, down the stretch in the second half, uh, or in the first half, excuse me, that uh, allowed uh, the Rice House to take the lead, and then you know for for UTEP to be behind the eight ball for the rest of the majority of the game, and he just felt that the they stopped they stopped playing together, uh, they, they stopped executing, that their energy dropped, their intensity dropped, and from there, um, you know Rice was able to get in the game. I asked Coach Golding the exact same question, and he felt that actually kind of wasn't necessarily in agreement. Uh, he felt that that UTEP uh, it wasn't so much what they stopped doing. It was just that uh, Rice started executing offensively, and they were able to score in bunches and, and take the lead and make things uh, complicated for UTEP down the stretch. Uh, they asked Keontae Kennedy how he's feeling. Obviously, it's his second game back, and, and he kind of joked, and he said he feels that, you know, he feels fresh. He feels full of energy, and uh, obviously it's a good thing that he feels that way after being out for almost two months. He says feeling this way at this point of the season is, is, is something that feels good that feels right and he's looking forward to seeing what you know 
what he can do to contribute to this team. Oh, that's great stuff. I want to stick with that real quick because, Joe, in this one, Keontae Kennedy finishes this game with 16 points, which is a team high, four rebounds, uh, and and uh, two assists in 32 minutes of action, not to mention three steals defensively. I thought Keontae Kennedy was great again, coming off the bench. Now, now, what you get? What kind of sense did you get from Keontae? Like, a, like being re-energized right now, just being full of energy, excitement. What what kind of uh, vibe did you get from him? No, just exactly that. I mean, I think he's he's been chopping at the bit, obviously, to contribute. You know, they asked him how he feels coming off the bench, not starting. He obviously said, you know, I don't care as long as you know I'm able to help this team in any way I can. And that's when he, you know, he alluded to the fact that. You know, he has been out for two weeks or two months, and he's full of energy. Uh, one of the other things that I wanted to talk to and that uh, Coach Golding spent quite a bit of time uh, talking about, Adrian, was uh, the team's ex- execution down the stretch. Obviously, the last game I reported that, you know, he was the one that uh, took accountability. He, uh, he, was, he held himself accountable for the team not being able to execute down the stretch something that they worked on, and obviously he said it's something that they worked on this week. Uh, they, he was happy with, with the sets that were called, with the plays that were, that were executed, with the shots that were taken down the stretch. Obviously, UTEP had a little difficulty there uh, inbounding the ball, and he goes, obviously, that's going to be on our to-do list uh, for tomorrow during practice. But all in all, uh, he was happy with, uh, with the way they were able to execute down the stretch. He noted improvement in that area for UTEP. Awesome stuff, Joe. Hey, man, I really appreciate the breakdown. I appreciate all you do with us. Uh, Looking forward to seeing your day on Saturday when we get to talk to you again uh, for North Texas. Let me ask you real quick, now that we've got you on, should UTEP go to a postseason tournament? What do you think about this one? If they're invited and it's not the NCAA tournament, maybe it's not the NIT either. If it's like the CBI or the CIT, whatever kind of postseason tournament, do you say yes, UTEP should take it or no, focus on recruiting? Uh, no, actually, I think that they should take it, Adrian. I mean, what have you been saying all this year? That this is a young team. Whenever things don't go well for this team, what is it that we've been saying all season long, Adrian? Okay, well, you know, they'll work on it, and these are the kind of things that they will not do next year when they're one more year experience and they're full of, uh, of more leadership. Obviously, how do you get exposure so that you can be able to do those kinds of things and uh, be able to to obtain those kind of things is, you know, playing as much as possible. And I think, you know, as long as you're in a tournament and you're, there's something to play for, um, give, give, give this young team uh, that, uh, uh, that option to develop more under competitive circumstances. Okay. All right. We got your, your take then, Joe. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks so much for weighing in on the show. Have a good night. You boys keep up the good work. All right. That's Joe Rod joining us here on the phone lines. Check out his work online, 600ESPNElPaso.com, for his soccer coverage. Uh, he had a couple stories up earlier this week, and then also check him out here on Minor Talk, giving us the post-game breakdown after uh, they talk with the, with the players and the coaches uh, with the media. Let's go back to Twitter. we got a couple tweets to get to. Herman Flores tweets the show, UTEP took care of business. Harder than it had to be, but they got the win. This coming in from Pinky. Great win. Great crowd, presence, noise, very entertaining. Picks up, hashtag minor talk. Sal, I thought the crowd was excellent. 4,645 people in the in the stands. My family was there as well, which was awesome to see. Uh, had family coming in from Dallas, which was really cool. Nice. Uh, and they got a chance to watch this game with some with some uh, sweet tickets. And uh, this was the entertaining one. I mean, I thought Saturday was very entertaining, but this one was like... 
almost like a, a roller coaster because, th- you know, in the second half, you didn't know if the Miners were going to come back. And as soon as they started mounting that comeback, man, the student section came alive. Like, the yeah. students were out tonight, uh, which was a, a big surprise. Yeah, and you know what, Adrian? I was watching it back here, uh, of course, listening to it. Why not? 600 ESPN, right? But uh, for uh, for the broadcast, though, I was tuned in uh you know, just just watching it, and you can hear the crowd pretty well through the, um, you know, from the from the broadcast. But even the broadcasters were giving credit to the audience and, and all the fans that were out there saying that you know this was uh, you know a very very well deserved win by the miners, and they were completely backed by the fans. So if, if there's just shy of five thousand and, and it's making that kind of noise, you can only imagine what's going to happen when this team starts you know making a lot more noise. Uh, no pun intended in conference USA, and they start getting more wins under their belt. We are going to get to our hot hand of the game, brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso later on we'll also get to our player of the game thanks to Keats Southwest we're going to take our first time out and with this we will pause 10 seconds with state for station identification but we'll take a time out with it as well as you're listening to Minor Talk presented by the Oscar Adietta Agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso you're listening to Minor Talk on 600 ESPN El Paso brought to you by the Oscar Adietta Agency locally owned and operated for 24 years Welcome back to Minor Talk. Adrian Broaddus and Sal Montes as we continue. UTEP defeats Rice 70-67. to We've got two lines available, 880-5763. That's our telephone number to get into the program. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, where Yuck tweets in, what a difference a coach makes. Hashtag Minor Talk. Kevin tweets the show, not the prettiest of wins, but I'll definitely take it. UTEP has to learn how to play better in the second half. Rice had a huge opportunity to upset the Miners, but we prevailed, thankfully. Hashtag Minor Talk. One more to get to, Mary Onyema, Zarek Onyema's mom. UTEP's win over Rice shows true grit from players. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. Uh, Gives credit to Rudy T., former Rockets coach. Hashtag believe. Hashtag proud mom. Hashtag we love. Number 21, Zarek Onyema. All right, let's go back to the phone lines right now. It's Hunter joining us next on the show, 880-5763. What's going on, Hunter? Not much, man. How are you, how are you guys doing tonight? Oh, we're doing great, man. It's been a, it's been a good day. It's been a roller coaster kind of game. What do you think of the crowd? You know, man, uh, they were in it, but the team gives them a reason to be in it. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, how do you not root for these guys? Yeah. So, we don't get the and, you know, one of the things that, besides that, I kind of lost my voice yelling at that Yvonne Drago-looking ref after that terrible call on Titus. <laughs> that guy's the worst, right? Like, like let's be honest. Let's be real, Hunter. Like, that guy, we've seen him time and time again come and officiate uh, games at the Haskins Center. That guy has to leave, man. It's brutal. I mean, there was no contact. So I, I Zero. I how the call is even made. It, it is, there was no body. Uh, it was just. If I was sitting on the front row, man, I guarantee you I'm thrown out of that game. You know, but uh, <laughs> really, you know, I, I think that got that got me up out of my seat and louder than when uh, Onyema dunked it over those two guys. That was incredible you too. Know? I mean, Zarek over two dudes. Like he had to think about that one too. Like if he went full force, one of those guys would have had to been carried off by a stretcher. We uh, we 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 pretty much jumped out of our seats just out of reality. Like, I was I was. That was that was awesome. You know, that's what I love about that guy. I mean, he's still kind of raw. He's got some, 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 you know, polishing still left to do. But how do you not just enjoy the heck out of watching that guy out there? 
Yeah, and, and how the previous coaching staff didn't use him once is beyond me, man, because at minimum, like, he just brings such a big a spark off the bench. And even if the Miners recruit a good big man next year uh, or, or, or whatever next season, I still see him getting minutes because he's somebody that you, you just throw in to give you a lot of energy off the bench. You know what he's like, but it's a little bit different of a game, but he, he, he's, he's like Dennis Rodman. You know, he's in there just disrupting things. He's always around the ball for the rebounds. I don't know if you saw him on one of the defensive possessions. He's tipping the ball around and knocking it out of people's hands. I mean, the guy's just a menace down low, and how do you not love that? I think he fights harder on defense because that's not his strong point. Like, he has a nose for the basket on offense. Like, he can find the hoop no matter what. Like, he could dunk on guys like he did today. But defense is where he tries his hardest. It just, you know, me personally watching him. And it's because that's where he, you know, some some teams um, take advantage of him at times. But he fights. And that's what I I appreciate about Zarek Onyema. He always fights on every possession. Well, and that's the thing about this team, you know, uh, it was the first time that me and uh, another one of the Twitter Twitter followers there, uh, Mr. Eric, four, the number four near, uh, got to be at a game together since probably December, since Keontae was last in. You know, wow. And, uh, you know, we were talking about how in the first half, during that run, it's like, man, they're the best team in the league. They're unstoppable. Like, these guys can beat anybody. And then you see, like, the next ten minutes, and I'm like, man, they're terrible, and they're getting beat by Rice. So it's just – it's, every game is a microcosm of the season. You see some some of the good and some of the bad, but how do you not? You can't help but root for these guys. And and uh, I wouldn't want to play them in the tournament, you know. And that's the scary part is they can go beat UNT in the tournament or or uh, UAB, but they could also lose the Rice or Charlotte or Marshall or you know what I mean. We just don't know. You just got to enjoy it while you have it. But uh, I think I think they have the best guard play. Uh, in, in, the, in the conference. I mean, there's other individual guards that are, that are probably better than some of these individuals, but as far as the three of them, and then with Agnew and his defensive and toughness and everything coming off the bench, the guard plays there. They were just lacking down low. Uh, you know, Titus, I think, could have taken it to that guy a little more if he wouldn't have been in foul trouble. Uh, he, he's a lot quicker than that defender that was on him. But it is what it is, man. I mean, it's a fun team to watch. Uh, as far as your all's question for next year, in the past, I would always say, hey, go to when you're a new coaching staff, you're a young team, go to those tournaments. I mean, Barbie went to the CBI before they went to the NCAA. You know what I mean? That's Get right. That experience. But nowadays, with the transfer portal and things being the way they are, depending on how many players they think they're going to lose and how key of players they think they're going to lose, it, it might not be beneficial. You don't you don't need that extra time. You, you, it's more beneficial to go recruit. So I think if you're building the team and that's the team you're going to take with you and the majority staying, at least the key people, yeah, go play. But if you're going to be losing some key people you need to replace and your, your, your team's not really going to be there next year, then go recruit. The key word is key. I, I'm with you. I'm, I hear you, Hunter. And uh, I think that that's a, that's a really interesting perspective. Now, uh, I always ask you for a prediction. This is, I'm not going to ask you what you think about North Texas, but I want to ask you, uh, do you think UTEP's the fourth seed in the conference tournament? I, th- I thought they already locked that. So in they locked in play. the West Division four seed. So they should they should get it. Like all, it should be, um, it, it should be the case. They should have that one locked in. But uh, I guess I guess we do see that. All right, let me ask you a different question. Who do they play in that in that four spot? Wasn't wasn't Charlotte a possibility? 
Charlotte is and a possibility. Do you want to see Charlotte? Let me ask you that. Do you no, want to see them? No, not at all. Not at all. They don't match up well. Yeah. But I, I'm saying that whatever the cards are, however they fall, I, I've said this since we were questioning if they'd win 15 games. I don't know if you remember that, but I said, yes, they'll get to it, and they're going to win their first tournament game in, in, in years. I still say that. Whoever they play, I don't care if they go play, you know, UAB or one of those, they're going to win a tournament game. Okay. All right. Good stuff, Hunter. Hey, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks so much for weighing in, and uh, we'll catch you there on Saturday, okay? You got it, man. You guys take care. All right. You too, Hunter. Appreciate the phone call. Let's go to Ryan, who's joining us out in Vegas. My man, Ryan. Uh, and I always like when Ryan gives us a call. What's up, Ryan? How you doing, man? Adrian and Sal, hey, always love listening to you guys. Hey, I couldn't, I couldn't watch the game, but uh, as always, I listen to Tice on the radio. And, man, they, no... Let me just say, nobody does it better than John Teicher. Man, I'm he was just, on I, fire today. He was man, he was in March form today. Woo, I, I'll agree with that. Hey, look, I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but let's. I I'm not I'm not expecting. I want the guys to go out and and just ball out in the conference USA tournament. But man, North Texas, they're just so well coached. Just a solid team. I want to see North Texas make a run in the tournament, the the big tournament. But it's going to be tough getting past those guys. And, you know, essentially, if, if UTEP makes a run, right, they're going to see North Texas two times in, in a week and a half or whatever. But um, I, I, here, here's what, what, I, what I'm looking at. I'm looking at next season. Okay, now I know you said earlier you don't want to talk about the transfer portal. No, I'm right? going to talk about the transfer portal. I've got a whole hey, thing. i got a whole thing coming, Ryan. <laughs> well, hey, let's just say, let's just say that the transfer portal portal bug doesn't bite us this year let's say this core comes back man like utep is looking like like that team having a full off season with you know no uncertainty around the coaching right i mean shoot unt their coach uh what grant i forgot his name mccaslin mccaslin so he's probably gonna be looked at in this next coaching cycle i would assume um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm looking at UTEP and UTEP. Let's say they keep this core together next season, man. We're looking pretty, pretty nice in Conference USA. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Okay, Ryan, I'm going to have to let you go because I'm going off right now on this transfer portal stuff. Okay. So uh, right, I'm going to give all right, you, man. all right. I appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in. Uh, I completely completely disagree with Ryan. I, and I mean, I'm just talking numbers, Sal. And, and this is only because we yeah. know the numbers. The numbers and the math tell us that every year, no matter what college basketball team you are, you could be UTEP, you could be New Mexico State, you could be coached by uh, Chris Beard at Texas, you could be in Kansas with Bill Self. doesn't matter where you are. There, the transfer portal is real. College basketball has changed completely over the past decade, and um, there is no loyalty across the board. Going back to my original point from earlier today, it has zero to do with the coaching staff, and I think minor fans need to get that in their head. Transfer portal has zero to do with the coaching staff. It has a lot to do with these individual players and their support staff back at home. And that's the crazy part about all of this is there is so much that goes on behind closed doors with these tra- with these players. And uh, people might not like to hear it, but there are opposing coaches who call these players 
players. And I know that for a fact because this has happened over time here at UTEP. I'm going to give a couple examples year over year. And uh, and these are just so you all know uh, what we're talking about as far as players leaving after, you know, after a season and entering the portal. Uh, we're, let's go back three years. So uh, the 2018-19 roster, this was the first roster under uh, Rodney Terry. After this season, Evan Gilliard left the program immediately. He went to uh, New Mexico State. Uh, it, of these guys, Kobe McGee left the program as well after just one year. Casey Iziagu did not play that uh, that you know fall semester year. They thought he was going to redshirt that season, and then following uh, the the redshirt uh, semester in the fall, he goes off to Kansas State and transfers over there. Caden Archie, kind of a one and done guy, doesn't play much at UTEP. Uh, you know um, he he leaves for Georgia State, and he's gone almost immediately. Let's go to the year two. Jordan Lathan leaves after his sophomore season. He goes to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Anthony Tark leaves after an injury-riddled redshirt junior season. After having an all-conference season at NJIT, plays at UTEP, doesn't get off the bench, doesn't play many minutes, then goes to Coppin State and becomes the MEAC Player of the Year and nearly gets drafted in the NBA. Deion Stroud, uh, you know, this guy was a highlight reel. Everybody loved to watch his his dunks. Uh, he plays at UTEP under Rodney Terry for one season, and then he transfers back home to play for his hometown team in Fresno State. He's done pretty well for himself. Let's be honest about that. After, uh, you know, beyond these guys, so we're talking right now, this, this is the current roster of the 2019-2020 season. Of these guys, another player to mention is Nigel Hawkins, who we mentioned earlier. He was a sophomore after the sophomore season. He leaves to uh, Stephen F. Austin. Has a lot of injuries that he dealt with over there, um, but nonetheless, he ends up leaving the program as well. Let's go to the 2021 roster. So this one, let's go uh, with some of these players who ended up leaving the program. Bryson Williams goes to Texas Tech for his uh, final year of eligibility. Christian Sholin goes goes to Portland State. He leaves after uh, Rodney Terry departs for uh, UT. Vuk Vulicic leaves the program after just one season. Same with Adam Hess. Uh, Feo DG leaves after three seasons with the Miners and he went to Troy, became the newcomer of the year for the Trojans out of the Sun Belt. Year over year, the math tells us that it's about three to four players who leave UTEP every single season. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I am going to just go on this quick rant and say if you're telling me that UTEP is not going to lose a single player and that this nucleus will stay intact, then you're not looking at the math. The, the math tells us that three to four players every season on, on every college basketball roster are departing and joining the transfer portal. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't also say that it's going to be a mass exodus. It doesn't mean that everybody's leaving this program and, and hitting the transfer portal. I mean, look at Titus Verhoeven. He entered the portal and then came back after meeting mm. with uh, Joe Golding and, and kind of seeing what he was about. So... I think that there's you know two sides of this. You can't think that this is going to be a mass exodus, but you can't also have this idea that UTEP will keep everybody from their current roster. So that'll get, bring me to my final point. Enjoy this UTEP basketball team on Senior Day on Saturday against North Texas. It might be the last time you see it intact this way. And I'm going to give you three names. Three names that the Miners need to keep on this team. It's number one, Sule Boom. Number two, Jamal Bienemy, And number three, Keontae Kennedy. Those are the three players that you need. And I mean need with a capital N-E-E-D to keep for next season. I don't know if they will. 
I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't heard the most encouraging things right now. I, I'll, I'll dispel one real, right away is Jamal Biennemi because he's joined Sports Talk and said that he's coming back no matter what. He really likes Joe Golding. And after you saw uh, how badly Jamal Biennemi dominated the floor tonight, mm-hmm. uh, that's encouraging for UTEP fans. But I don't know about the other two. And, and one, you're you're talking about a conference USA leading scorer, not not just you know a top three leading scorer, the leading scorer in Sule Boom, who's averaging just over 20 points a game. And then you're talking about Keontae Kennedy, who's only a redshirt sophomore. And some might argue, well, he you know he missed a lot of this season. Who really wants him out there? I don't buy that one bit. <laughs> oh, I don't buy that. And, and you can look at other guys on this roster, too. I mean, uh, I feel like there are a lot of very valuable pieces on this group. But I'm just saying, Sal, just be prepared. Transfer portal season is coming. And you know what, too? Although it's affected UTEP um, with players leaving the minors to go to other schools, we could just look at the roster and look at guys who came to UTEP via the transfer portal. Here we go. Titus Verhoeven. <laughs> Sule Boom. We look at Jamal Biennemi. Keontae Kennedy is another one. And, I, I mean, Christian Agnew. You know, these are guys who have previous uh, Division One experience when it comes to, um, to college basketball. So, uh, as much as it's affected the minors, those three guys that you just named that are the, the keys to really keep going forward, they're products of, a, of the transfer portal here at UTEP. So, it goes both ways. Oh, it really does, Sal. And I'd be curious to know what, what people think about this. 880-5763. That's our telephone number. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. By the way, thanks to UTEP Zay. UTEP is a fourth west, and that's what I said, conference USA, fourth west locked. But he says that they are locked into playing the fifth out of the east in Old Dominion. Winner gets Ooh. number one in Middle Tennessee. Tennessee. So that's what UTEP Zay wow. says. I, I got to look into that, but um, UTEP Zay is usually money on this kind of stuff, so I do trust him. I will double check and confirm that, but that's uh, that's good stuff there. Let's go back to the phone lines right now. We got a lot of calls to get to. Uh, Rob and Esteban to get on the show. Uh, we also have one line available, 8805763. That's our telephone number. We're asking people on Twitter if UTEP is invited to a postseason tournament, should the miners go? Respond with your reason why or why not. Rob, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Um, just to um, answer that last part, yeah, the last the last thing I saw was was UTEP's going to play Old Dominion, and then the winner would play Middle Tennessee, and then it looks like the winner would probably play UAB. Okay, all right. Oh. Okay, that's, that's a tough. That's a really tough road right there. Really tough. Yeah, but I mean, on the opposite end, Rice would play Charlotte, and then they got to play North Texas the next round. Who's the Ooh, best? Oh yeah, I, I'd rather take UTEP's route. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, just just to caveat on the win, um, I I feel like just because they they got fourth seed and all that that they'll be playing in the second day of the tournament. Like I just feel like that accomplishment in in, in itself, Joe Golding already has done more than Ronnie Terry has. Because think about it, Ronnie Terry never got to day two of the tournament, regardless if you win a game or you play good enough to get to the second round off a bye like UTEP did right now. Um, I, I, I just feel like he's already, he's already surpassed Ronnie Terry as far as like program success. Cause the most important thing is playing your best ball in the conference tournament. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you're playing in day two against the team that you already beat on the road. And, and I, I lean UTEP on that game and we'll probably be playing in round three. And at that point, you know, he already surpassed them with. Uh, well, you know, it's almost the same roster. So I, I, my, my hats off to, to Joe Golding already for doing more in year one. Um, as far as to your comment on, 
the players leaving. A lot, man, I just you're right. A, a lot of that has to do with with their support system back home. But I just felt like a lot of those guys weren't getting playing time, and I felt like that's why they left. Um, you know, they didn't go up. You know, it's not like they got picked off by a bigger program. The only one that really did was Bryson. But you think about it, all those guys that you named weren't really playing. I just felt like the program was dysfunctional, and I feel like. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that there's gonna be no turnaround in the Golden because that's that's ridiculous. Guys are always gonna leave, but I feel like this would be a lot less than than what happened. Remember when Hawkins left and Nathan left and then yeah, he came back? Of course, it was it was a mess. But I feel like if those guys are playing like how they are right now, Boom, Kennedy, and um, who's the third one that you named? Uh, J- I was talking about Jamal Enemy. Yeah, no, they're bona fide starters. I don't see a reason why they would leave unless. A big program picked them off, but that's the sad that, thing, Rob. That's the thing is there's so much uncertainty uh, with other programs, and it's not fair. It's not fair that UTEP has to be the school where um, you know bigger schools look at and poach players from. But that's the world of college basketball. College basketball teams, unfortunately, right now, uh, if you're at the Power Five level or whatever, if you're just trying to chase wins and success, you might try to get a quick fix by a mid-major transfer who could play right away versus getting somebody out of high school who's a five-star, four-star prospect. You just want somebody who has proven it at the Division One level. Yeah, that's true. And I, I feel like to your first point where you said that they have a support system back home that's in their ear, I feel like that's what happened with um, with Jacob Cowing, you know, to switch sports a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's an Arizona kid, and I, he, he announced transfer after one year or after a couple years. But, you know, and he's from Arizona. I, I just feel like a lot of those people back home uh, got in his ear, but but anyways, back to UTEP uh, basketball. Yeah, I'm proud of the guys, proud of the season they had, and I, I have no no uh, no no doubt in my mind that they could beat you a uh, Old Dominion in the first round. Okay. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, good stuff, Rob. Really appreciate the phone call, man. 880-5763. That's our telephone number. We've got one line available. Got Esteban and Joe Chacon and Adam hanging on with us here on the phone lines. We got one line available. 880-5763 is our telephone number to get into Minor Talk. We're presented by the Oscar Arieta Agency with seven locations across El Paso from the west side to Fabens. You could check out the Oscar Arieta Agency and get started today and bundle Bundle and save with home, auto, and life insurance at oscaradiattheagency.com. Appreciate John Teicher t- uh, texting into the show. Yes, it's UTEP Old Dominion in the first round of the Conference USA Tournament. Winner will get Middle Tennessee. And appreciate Voice of the Miners John Teicher uh, confirming what both Rob and UTEP Zay said as well. So appreciate that. Cesar Cubillos tweets in the program, When the shot left Fiedler's hand at the buzzer, I was sure it was going in. Rice shot great. Um, uh, Rice shot great. It was an amazing comeback and poised by this UTEP team. What a difference a year makes. Keontae Kennedy and Sule Boom both came through in the clutch. See you Saturday at the dawn. That's coming in from Cesar Cubillos on Twitter at Ice Cubillos. Number 17, King Eric tweets the show, when was the last time UTEP was invited to play in the postseason? This would help you uh, recruiting in a big way. That's coming in from King Eric on Twitter, who's uh, checking in on our poll right now. Real quick, on our poll, if UTEP is invited to postseason tournament, should they go? 
respond with your reason why or why not. 86% of the people have said yes to postseason play, which is pretty interesting right there. This coming in from Jonathan Byers. Coaching won this game. The adjustment by the coaching staff to switch the defense to a tight press man defense is what won it. Rice had no answer for that since all they could do is drive it and kick it out to the open shooter. Rice didn't stand a chance after that. I agree. Great adjustments by this coaching staff. I thought they, they did a great job in this one and really helped the Miners uh, win in this game. Let's go to Esteban who's joining us next on the show. 880-5763, our telephone number. We've got one line available. Esteban, what's going on, my man? Adrian, how you doing? Esteban, I'm doing great, man. Now that you're calling in, what'd you think of this one? That was a beautiful rant. <laughs> Thank you, man. I love that rant. That's what I've been saying all along. Okay, okay. And I even I even told you before, I've said it before and I've said it again, just enjoy each team as you have it because you don't know what's going to happen next next season. Yeah, don't take Jacob Cowing for granted. Don't take Bryson Williams nope. for granted. Nope. Look what happened. Nope. Yep, don't don't do it because we're talking about if we keep the team intact. Now forget that. Just I'll just wait and see what happens. It's, it just anyway. So uh, what did I call? Oh, oh, some uh, somebody called in and and somebody tweeted and said that it was uh, not a pretty win, but it was a win. Mm-hmm. To me, it was a beautiful win. I love those games that go down to the wire, man. It was entertaining, right, Esteban? Was down 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 to the wire, but anyway, um, yeah, your rant, man, I loved it. I appreciate was, uh, that, man. That was that was now that was entertaining, <laughs> and I agree with I agree with everything you said, and that's, I've been saying that all along. I mean, you, you don't know. Yeah, I just enjoy each team and each season as it goes because man, you just and see what happens. Okay. Yes, okay, thank you. Good hey, night. good stuff, Esteban. Appreciate the phone call, man. Always appreciate you to, uh, you calling us here on the show and uh, and uh, joining us here on Minor Talk. 880-5763, our telephone number. By the way, want to give a shout-out to Leo underscore Minor Fan Sal. Got to meet him for the first time today. He's a, oh, he's wow. a quiet guy, but he I, I told him, I said, hey, Leo, got to put a face to the name. Come down, say what's up to me. Uh, and then he made sure to say, hey, Tell Sal what's up. Uh, love you guys. And <laughs> nice. so, uh, Leo underscore minor fan, um, you know, I appreciate him coming by and saying hi to me here uh, at today's game. Want to get to a couple tweets before we get to our next couple callers here on the show. We got Keith hanging on with us. So, same with Joe Chacon. Uh, this coming from Kenny Onyema. UTEP should utilize the pick and roll more op- often. We saw when our bigs were rolling to the paint, they had an easy shot. Bigs are rolling, but the pass isn't made. It will add even more offense to the squad so our guards won't have to be pressured to score all the time. Hashtag minor talk. Adrian at EnemyWin3 tweets us, Postseason is what we hope for. Postseason helps in recruiting. We need every game we can get. Hashtag minor talk. Good, good, interesting point right there from Adrian. What do you think about Kenny's tweet, Sal, about how UTEP should feed the post a little bit more? Uh, obvious reasons. I mean, there's a reason why he wants to feed the a little bit bias, thing. huh? A little bit, but but in all honesty, I like though, it. Um, either way, 
we're talking about the miners not being able to go to the line, and you go to the line more times than not when you're either attacking, right, or you're in shooting form. Uh, but majority of the time you're attacking the rim, and that's something that um, UTEP, I think, can, can get a bit better at in terms of drawing that contact to get the line because they have the athleticism, and also defense is their strong point. So they're, they're in transition a lot. To, to not see them get those, uh, those calls, or I don't want to say not – see them get the calls to not see them get to the line as much as I think that they should um, you know that says something because it's it hasn't just been going on you know for the last stretch of you know five games it's pretty much been since a uh, conference play started so they got to figure out way to make the game easier for them because we look at the offense and we know those buckets are hard to come by get the easiest points that being the free throws. yeah work it inside out I like mm. it and then draw the foul down low I'm yeah. with you on that uh, Lugal tweets the show Best game I've seen from a UTEP point guard in a long, long time. At Adrian, at 600 ESPN El Paso. Jamal enemy man. I mean, we're going to talk about him later on in the show. 12 points, but 10 assists, and he had five pretty much right off the bat yeah. to Keontae Kennedy. Uh, I thought that was – I mean, he was the absolute floor general – and that's passion right there, man. I, I just, you know, Jamal Bienemy, I just, I, I continue to like him more and more this this stretch. Like, ever since conference play started, I think he's taken his game, his personal game, to a whole other level. And look at what happened, Sal. Just just timeline this. Yeah. Because against UAB, Jamal Bienemy struggled. I mean, he really struggled uh, in that game in, in terms of shooting. Now, I will say he's still the he's still guarding the other team's best defender. He's still doing a lot of different things. He's still on the floor. You can't take him out because he's so valuable. He just wasn't having the best shooting night. And look at how he responds. Okay, I'm going to go out and get 10 assists. Oh, but okay, I'm also going to get 12 points uh, and hit two big three-pointers uh, to help win the game in this one. I mean, I just thought Jamal Bienemy's play today was was fabulous. Yeah, and he's starting to take uh, more command of, uh, of the offense in terms of, you know, when – Rice scores. You just saw you just saw him cool, calm, collected, bringing the ball up. You know, looking ahead, seeing what Rice may be throwing at them. You know, trying to get a feel for it. But I think that's really where uh, Jamal Bienemy is starting to to fit in, so to speak, and that's directing the offense. And and not only just the offense. Uh, we, we look at the defense as well, directing everybody. So with with him and Sule Boom in constant communication with each other, it's just uh, it's completely elevated that duo big time. All right, let's go back to the phones right now. Eight eight zero five seven six. We got one line available. Joe Chacon calling into the show, maybe for the first time that I I can remember, I think and so. he's joining us with Adam, <laughs> his friend. Joe Chacon, what's going on, my man? Listen, guys, I've called in before. I'm just very. I like to stay on Twitter. You know me, <laughs> Joe. I like but, the selfie you ta- you're taking. Now, is that? Let me ask you this: Is this the new place? Is this uh, what you've been touting on Twitter? We're moving out. Ah, okay. We have, clean, we have to clean the house, and this Adam is a really good friend of us, and he's helping me out, and he's been listening to everything I have to listen to, and which is you guys. Okay. And uh, he's been – we got a minor fan. All right. Okay, Joe, I like it. Now, let me ask you this, Joe. What would you think of this game? Uh, uh, it, it was funny because I was I had both the broadcast and John Teicher on, and – he almost said the same thing at the same time. This team is going to be deadly when we have everybody available and playing under the system the way Joe Golding wants it. And it, that, that's what clicked with me. I'm like, wow, like these guys are going to click at the right time. They're playing right at the right time. They play through the adversity. Yeah, we were cleaning and we came back. We were down. We were up by 12. 
we come back, we were down. I was like, what happened? <laughs> you know, and uh, and we, we sat down and I said, Adam, watch the game because you're going to be our good luck charm and if we want. So that's how it works, man. I'm, I'm just golden. Even that timeout situation, like at the end, when they had to call both those timeouts, the camera zoomed to Golding, and he, he was telling his guys, it's okay, it's okay, I got, we got this. Like, no coach that I've ever seen at UTEP, I mean, that was legit. Like, I was like, oh, we do have this. Like, the coach knows what he's going to do. Like, he said, it's okay, we got it. He's, his hands are up, he's telling him we got this. And I was calm. I'm like, we got, we're going to win this. Like, Golding's that kind of coach. And it, I, mean, I was telling him, I've never seen a coach at UTEP do this and I was I lived with Haskins and all of them so and uh, no no disrespect to any of the previous coaches but this is this is a different mentality that he's bringing to the club and you know it's it, it, we, you were talking about the transfer portals and everything like that and it yeah it's going to happen it's going to happen we have it's a we're we're in a new time that this is a, a you know it's a given somebody's going to leave but if he can build on what he's got right now I definitely think that there is a huge light at the end of the tunnel right now. And, you know, we, really, we don't want to talk about next year, but because you know, Adam, I know Adam right now, he wants to talk about postseason. Mm-hmm. He's itching. I can see him. <laughs> I want to get him to get on that. All right, Adam, have, what do you think? What do you think? Is UTEP going to postseason play? I, I say postseason is a no-brainer. It, mm. It's going to do nothing but assist the players that are there with their draft stock. And it's also going to help with recruiting. Those top top level players don't want to come to a program that doesn't want to compete in the postseason. They want to come to the programs that want to compete. I think it's a no brainer. Okay. Okay. So, what about you, Joe? Are you are you a hundred percent as well? I'm a hundred. You know me. Every year we're winning national championships. <laughs> I love that's it. A, that's the minor fan I am. I, I know you every, are. I know you're you're the year. optimist. Yes, yes. Every year we should be winning championships. Okay. All right, man. So, hey, let me tell you something. In two games that Adam's watched and listened to John Teicher, I want him to tell you who his top guys are on this team. Okay. And I, I have not schooled him. I have not taught him anything. When you guys were talking, when you guys said who your best three players were, he was spouting off players. And I'm like, how do you know that? He's like, well, I'm trying to learn the names. Ask him. A- Adam, who are the top three in your eyes? So, honestly, right now, I only got one in my head right now is the enemy. He was big this game. Yeah, he was. He really was. Big this game. And then um, Kennedy hit the three towards the end to make it within two and was big on the boards tonight. Okay. Okay. So you like those two. You like the enemy and Kennedy. Okay, Adam. I like it. Hey, uh, Joe, Adam, I really appreciate the phone call, guys. I really appreciate but bo- we need both of you guys on speakerphone more often. I think this was solid. You guys did you guys have a good dynamic. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right, you guys take care. Appreciate the phone call. 880-5763, our telephone number to get into the show. We'll get to Keith in just a second. We've got two lines now available here on the show. As we continue, we're presented by the Oscar Addy at the agency. We'll get to our uh, our hot hand of the game brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso, along with our player of the game, thanks to Keith Southwest later on in the show. But let's keep reading some tweets. We've got a lot to catch up on Twitter. Remember, we're asking people, if UTEP is invited to a postseason tournament, 
maybe not the NCAA tournament. Should they go? Give us your reason why or why not. Uh, had a good response from Hunter saying no. Have had people call in and say yes, of course. I think the overwhelming response is yes right now, Sal. Uh, and based on the poll, it looks like 85% say yes to postseason play. Let me know if you think this may be a reason why there's more on the side of yes than no, at least at this moment in time. Is it because they just want a game? Yeah, recency let, bias, probably. Let, let, are we asking this question, uh, you know, let's see, after Charlotte? Very true. Very good question. <laughs> are we asking this question after Marshall? Let's be real. So I, I think a lot of this is recency bias, but at the same time, though, uh, those games that I mentioned, they didn't have Keontae Kennedy in those games for that uh, that treacherous three. So we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, with North Texas, but the sample size so far with, um, with the trio is a very close game that was winnable against one of the top teams in the conference and another win against a, a very competitive team in the conference. So we're about to find out against North Texas. Oh, yeah. This is this is the big one on Saturday. I'm with you on that one, Sal. A couple other tweets I want to burn through, then we'll get to Keith. I promise we'll get to him. we got two lines available. If you'd like to chime in on the show, now is the time to do it. 880-5763, our telephone number, to get into the program. Michael Nahera tweets the show at Doc Pirio, or Pirio El Paso. that He's tweeting us, Thank goodness that Keontae Kennedy is back in uniform. He is making a difference. What about that travel call on Fiedler with about a minute 30 left in the game? I didn't really see it. Either did the coach. Surprised he didn't get a tech. I thought he was going to get a tech there too. He was like basically on the floor, you know, upset uh, <laughs> with this call. So yeah, I thought he was going to get a tech too, Michael. Good, good call right there. Uh, Ed McDonald tweeted the show, honestly, in men's college sports, it's about the male ego. Tristan Pence tweets us, a postseason appearance beyond the Conference USA tournament would be great for UTEP fans and the UTEP players alike. More games in the postseason equal more experience against good teams and momentum heading into next year. You know what, too? I just thought about this because Joe Golden is is the head coach, as we know, for the Miners. And let's just say they, you know, the conference tournament is over they win a game or two and some of these tournaments are looking do you think those um those tournaments are going to be saying hey well here's a coach who just won an NCAA tournament game last year and he's already taken this team to a postseason his first trip there that could be a storyline that's well. true that's a good storyline and it just kind of shows you wow this you know this coach can really turn programs around it and he's a successful coach wherever he goes so that's a really yeah. good point too uh, it's not it's not just about you know the collective group it's kind of about the bigger picture picture and what this uh, coaching staff is trying to accomplish here. So I get that, Sal. Let's go back to the phones right now. Let's welcome on Keith, who's joining us on the show. Keith, I want to ask you, was that you on Twitter who posted that selfie of that throwback UTEP shirt? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. So that's a different Keith. But you're joining us from Winnipeg. You join us a bunch here on Minor Talk. Keith, what did you think of this game? Oh, well, emotionally, I mean, that was a roller coaster ride. And, you know, everything that's been going on in the world, you know, it's what's going on in the Ukraine is of really course. affecting me personally. Oh, and, I'm sorry um, about that. Man. I just, and I've been, yeah, I've been using um, uh, sports as a getaway. I've been watching a lot of, obviously, a lot of hockey, and UTEP basketball comes along every single game. You know, I'm always glued to it. I'm a diehard UTEP fan, as you know. And uh, today it was just something that uh, is a game I'll never forget. You know, I, I've been trying to get a hold of my family in the Ukraine. And I haven't been able to. And uh, all night, you know, I've just been glued to UTEP basketball. They really kept me going. And I just really, 
you know, I, I I don't know if the team is even listening to this or the coach. I just like you know, just thank them for that game for the effort. You know, it was just uh, it was something like I invited my my buddies over and we watched it. It was just uh, it's a game. You know, it's, we're, we're talking about a game, but you know, it's a game that you know we're really attached to. You know, emotionally, and I love UTEP. I love El Paso, Texas, and and it was uh, it was a lot of fun tonight. You know, win or lose, I, I'm always. By, by UTEP side, but you know, with, with this win, I don't know. It was just something really different, and um, yeah. So that was uh, it was it was a, it was a it was a heck of a night. Man. So um, yeah. Um, but I wanted to get into actually. We really got. I, I read your uh, well. What the other guys were talking about, you know, talking about getting into a postseason tournament. If we if we don't get into the NCAA tournament, you know, I've I've always thought about this. You know, like is it worth it? Is it is it good for the program? Is it not good for the program? You know, since I was a kid, I've always followed teams that you know have come close to making the tournament. I've gone into these other tournaments, and they're always like, "Well, you know, we do we did really good in the CBI or the NIT. It's going to do really wonders for you next year." But historically speaking, you know what? It actually doesn't. Like I, I know a lot of teams that have done extremely well in postseason tournaments, other than the NCAA tournament, they don't do that well the next year. So for that, I, I you know it's kind of like you know you, I don't want to see them because I really think this team next year with all the seniors you know with the juniors coming back and with the younger players, I really think UTEP basketball should be competing for a conference championship. They should be the number one seed. Like in my mind, I think that that like next year is their year. It's Coach Golding's year next year, and I. I know maybe that's a superstitious talk, but I just really think that we should be really focusing on next year if we don't make the NCAA tournament. I'm all in this year, guys. I, this this team can make a run. There's no doubt about it. I'm all in it for this year. Wow. But if we don't, I, I, I just think that maybe we should really look at focusing next year just based on, historically speaking, having success in those tournaments it doesn't really do you anything for next year. In fact, if you look at it, some of the, some of the teams like Pepperdine, Minnesota, Penn State, they even have a worse year the next year. So that's just something to think about. Hey, who who won last year's uh, who won last year's CBI? Uh, was who, there a CBI? Oh, um, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know I, either. I, I, do know. I, I don't know. I don't follow the CBI. Uh, I, I, that, yeah, that's where I'm kind of getting at. Sal, Sal, you had something there too. Great points, Keith. Yeah. Hang with us. The, the, this is who I'm trying to find out. Um, CBI. Let's see who made. Well, it was Pe- I'm looking at it right now. It's Pepperdine it, who won last it, year. It was Pepperdine, right? But uh, I'm gonna go back a, a little bit further uh, because he's right. You know, there, there are some teams who win, and that's kind of like the, the peak of their success for for some period of time. But I'm gonna go all the way back to uh, to. 2017, the 2017-2018 season, coach named uh, Grant McCaslin landed at North Texas and won the CBI championship his first year. What does he do after that? A 21-12 and 12 season. In 2019 and 20, the postseason was canceled, but they finished Conference USA number one, right? So, Real he, quick, real quick. He beat uh, Sule Boom in San Francisco in that championship game. Wow, no way. Yeah. 
oh, shoot, okay, so there's a little bit of a bad blood coming up on Saturday. Um, but, you know, with, with the, the COVID year, 1920, or, or the start of COVID, I should say, that season is canceled. We don't know what that North Texas team could have done, right? But the following year with uh, uh, 2020 and 2021, Javion Hamlet, an absolute beast, helps North Texas get the win in the tournament. They go to the round of 32. And what's going on this year, Adrian? A 22-4 and four uh, record so far for this team, and, and for it's a good sure, example. The, the the best team uh, that uh, McCaslin has had, you know. N- I would even say his entire uh, coaching career. I mean, another team, I, I guess, kind of on the same level. And I don't know the names of these guys, but Midwestern State, who were 30-3, and three, and, uh, you know, they finished um, first in, in the uh, the Lone Star Conference in Division Two. So this is without a doubt Coach McCaslin's best team since he's been there. But long story short, um, it, it doesn't always equate to uh, to going down downhill after those tournaments. So I'm just going to say this. There are three non-NCAA tournaments in the postseason, and one of them, is instead of the CIT, they have the Basketball Classic that has replaced the CIT. There's the CBI, and of course, we know the NIT. And I think the NIT is a bit... Uh, a bit of a tough one for UTEP to qualify. I'd say if you get to the NIT, you know, for sure, yes, in my in my perspective, because, uh, you know, at least that one's uh, really well televised. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure. The Basketball Classic will be on ESPN+. Plus. Last year, the CBI was on Flow Sports. So it's also about exposure. I, yeah. I see a lot of different perspectives. Keith, so I, what I'm getting at from you is you say no. If, if they don't make the NCAA tournament, you know, pack it and get ready for next year, but go all in on next year. Is that what you're saying, Keith? Uh, yeah, oh, definitely going all in next year. I think. I mean, how how can you not? I mean, we we have the roster. There's there's there's, there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be uh, contenders next year. But the one positive though, you know what? If we do have more basketball, we get more uh, minor talk. There you go. Hey, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, Keith, you take care, man. Hang in there out there in Winnipeg. Uh, bless your family. Bl- uh, praying for everyone out there in Ukraine. And uh, I'm glad that you know some UTEP basketball could help get your mind off uh, the horrible, horrible things that are going on in this world right now. So uh, really appreciate you giving us a call, Keith. And hang in there, man. We're, we're always here for you here on Minor Talk. So we'll be on your side. Let's let's go back to Twitter. Let's keep things moving. 880-5763, our telephone number to get into the program. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, That's where Jorge Reyes checks in on Twitter. Even though it's expensive to play these tournaments, I think it's important for this team to get ready for next year to have playoff experience. Plus, it's probably good for recruiting. Ed McDonald tweets us, postseason play right now, I'm very optimistic on UTEP men's basketball, and I think making a run at the tournament and getting into the NCAA tournament, that's the way I think. If that can't be done, I'm looking at the NIT, and if not, I'm looking at anything, uh, or I'm not looking at anything, recruits on the fence. Okay. Okay. Um, Kingsley Onyema, congratulations, guys. I am a proud fan. Perseverance and believing in your teammates is very key. You did not give up. Even when it looked like the game was slipping off your reach, this is a big win. Hashtag believe. Go Miners at 600 ESPN El Paso. Fred Morales tweets us, what was the technical issued by Darren George all about? Any info? Um, you know what, man? Fred, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. 
again, I, I really hate to harp on these refs because uh, they're consistently bad every night, and it's hard to just oh, you know, um, oh, call one game worse than the other ones. But the way that they called that technical foul against Alfred Hollins as he was walking away from the officials, he must have said something real bad under his breath. That's that's at least the only one that I would have, have thought on my end. But I have no clue, man. No clue whatsoever. Uh, this one from Joe Chacon. Great call by John Teicher as always. Cleaning house over here and my man Adam comes to help me and clean the house before we move out tomorrow. And then we stop to watch the end of the game and man, new fans make the difference. LOL. Coming from Joe Chacon. Well, if they're superstitious guys and, and they saw the game in that house, you cannot leave the house until right. after the season's over. you got to watch the next game. I'm sorry. Get Can't a move out yet. Get a retraction or something. Ice Cubillos tweets us, This ref, who looks like Bart Bass from Gossip Girl, was calling some questionable fouls. I wasn't surprised when he called the tech. Thankfully, that point from the free throw was not uh, didn't come back to haunt UTEP. I was stunned when he called the charge on Rice, and he's referring to the charge late yeah. in the game, uh, and that was against uh, that was actually Sule Boom taking that charge. Uh, man, yeah, there was some definite. I, I thought that was okay. I, I watched the I took a video of that one, and I watched the replay of it. I thought that was an okay call. Uh, Joe Chacon. Looking forward to this team competing completely, gelling on Saturday and shocking North Texas. Bring on the postseason. Adam says absolutely. At UTEP Zay, uh, he, oh, we already read this one that he tweeted us about the matchup. Of course, UTEP will be playing Old Dominion. First round of the conference tournament, and then they'll be playing Middle Tennessee if they win that one. Ryan Guzman checks in after his phone call. We're going to agree to disagree. I will call sports talk and eat crow if I'm wrong. Hashtag save the tweet. But Ryan Guzman says, but I want a shout out if I'm right. And that's talking about, hey, there's not going to be that many people leaving this program. That's what Ryan well, Guzman says. In that case, what's the what's the number? What's the over-under? Mm, good question, Sal. What well, should we say that? The, three and a half? Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess the best question to add – well, I mean, there's different variables. But, like, what number would you consider – a success if uh, UTEP stays under under three three okay I, so I was keep thinking like, around there so too. keep uh, only have two to part two okay now of that how many of the the core trio that we know of right how many of course if all three stay it's a slam dunk for sure but, oh yeah that's but, a huge win that's recruit that's winning your recruiting battle well, right there well, where is it when it gets bad with one two two. Okay. Two, because you can. I mean, one you can kind of get away. Like, all right, you can be sad about. You know, if one of those three that I mentioned, I'm talking Sule Boom, Jamal Bienemy, and Keontae Kennedy. If one leaves, uh, that's something you know you can harp on. You can say, man, you know, UTEP really needed that guy to come back next year. Mm-hmm. But if they lose two of those guys, I mean, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going to be quick to call any red flags, no matter what, because I'm, I'm already sold on this coaching staff. I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, you know, he could have. He's proven that he could have whatever players and he can find some success with Keontae Kennedy suffering that injury like he did throughout that stretch. Uh, and same with other guys, you know, and all the adversity they mm-hmm. face this year. So I'm going to bet more on this coaching staff, but I will say, you know, losing two out of those three, that's when we dial back those conversations about Utah being conference champion contenders. That's okay. the bottom line. Yeah, that's fair. I think, uh, yeah, three will probably be the, the magic number. We'll see. Yeah, let's see what happens. Uh, Cesar Cubillos, the minor students are back into the games with the UTEP Spirit Crew. I'd, I'd, uh, 
if anything, it'd be great to keep the season going to get the fan momentum increasing and looking forward to next year. Okay, interesting. Maybe so, yeah. But also, too, I'll raise this. What good would it do if there's not another home game? Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. I'm dying at this tweet. This is great. At (laughs) Mr. E, one of our favorites on Twitter. Bro, I'll have some of what Esteban is drinking. It's so beautiful. UTEP beats North (laughs) Texas. Nah, Esteban doesn't call this show inebriated. Not at all. Uh, Leo underscore minor fan tweets us. Great finally meeting you guys, uh, you, and I also forgot to tell you I enjoy listening to your movie reviews on Sports Talk. (laughs) Go Miners. Oh, man. What's the, what's the latest one? Uh, Misery, which we didn't do today, and uh, it's coming tomorrow on Sports right. Talk. It's a good one. Uh, Misery, great movie, Sal, if you haven't seen it. This coming from Leo. Good point, Sal. I might have voted no if it was after a loss, hashtag emotional roller coaster. In regards to our poll, if UTEP is invited to a postseason tournament, should they go? Respond, why or why not? This coming in from J-K-H-N-A-I-Z-I-R. This young team could use the experience going into next year. Play on. This coming in from Jonathan Byers. You're not all in on the season if you don't want your team to accept a postseason bid. Okay. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I don't I think you're he's so I think Keith's perspective was I'm all in on them making the tournament and like surprising people. I think that's what Keith meant by what he said on his phone call and what JB is saying, hey, you're not all in on this season if you don't want them to accept any postseason bid. But where Keith is coming at this is, hey, if they don't make the NCAA tournament, focus on recruiting. So I think it's two interesting perspectives right there. Yeah, and it's – not to be literal, but this isn't the only basketball season that's going to be played, uh, you know, by UTEP basketball. So it, it, it all depends. I mean, right now it's it's good to kind of look ahead and, and see what, what can be done with this roster because the season's not over and the conference tournament's right around the corner. Um, but it's also a lot different after a loss, um, you know, that either uh, UTEP should losing to a team that they shouldn't have lost to or a game that they almost had. Uh, this coming in from Ryan Guzman. I will admit if I'm wrong, but I just don't think the transfer portal hits the minors as much as some of you all think it will. Uh, Bryce Chauvin tweets us, I think Jamal Biennemi, Sule Boom, and Keontae Kennedy run it back. Ooh, we'll see, man. That'd be awesome. We'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We'll see. Um, Sal, let's get let's get into this. Uh, give me your take. Do you want do you want to hear the extended take? Uh, or actually, I want to hear your extended take okay. about if UTEP is invited to a postseason tournament, do they go or not? I think it depends. It, it depends. It depends on which one. And, and I don't know too much about the tournaments. Let's uh, say either CBI, CI, uh, CBI, or the basketball classic. Let's I, not say. Let's say the NIT is out at, of the picture, and let's as say well it's, as the NCAA. Yeah. Yes. Let's say it's CBI or the basketball classic. I would say only if you have the ability to uh, to host a, a home game or to host a game at some point. That that's when I think it would be worth it to give more people a chance to go out there and see the team. Um, but uh, I'm just not too much of a fan of it. And, and it also depends how they go out in the season. Okay, so we're, we're asking a lot of depends. So I'm going to give you some specifics, okay? okay. So then we can kind of narrow this down because I want to I want to hammer this. This is interesting, and I I'm a, I'm with you. It all depends on the time. But let's say the season ended today. So this is for the basketball classic, which um, remember this is replacing the CIT. The, the this tournament consists of three rounds, all single elimination. Games will be held on campuses of participating school. All the gate receipts, which means all the ticket sales, will be collected by the Basketball Classic. UTEP 
and other schools, if they're invited, can host games in this tournament without the responsibility of an additional financial commitment. So no, no entrance fee to join the Basketball Classic, which will be held on ESPN+. Okay, so that's one. Now let's go over to the CBI. This is presented by Roman. This will be uh, – there's no TV rights yet. They said that maybe it's ESPNU. Last year was on Flow Sports, but nothing has been made official yet. Uh, the college, the CBI, is a tournament. This is this goes way back since 2007. It selects 16 teams that aren't in the NCAA tournament, that aren't in the NIT, and here's the caveat: are willing to pay $50,000 in entrance fees to participate. In the CBI, teams compete on home courts. The CBI is a single elimination tournament until the last two teams are determined, after which the championship is determined by a championship series between a best two out of three format. So that's the format right there mm-hmm. when it comes to the CBI. You heard the format when it comes to the basketball classic. Now that you hear those two things, Sal, and if the season ended today, what do you think? I think the basketball classic sounds a lot more appealing than uh, than the CBI. no entrance fee, no entrance, make fee. your money on concessions, exactly, and that's uh, that alone, you know, is just better from a financial standpoint. And, and as far as and let's be real, that is really the only thing that matters here because when it comes to exposure. Not everybody has ESPN Plus, and not everybody even knows what Flow Sports is. So you could throw that out of the window. It's really just about the money at that point. And we've also seen uh, UTEP in the CBI before in 09 when they when they were runner ups to um, to Oregon State. So I think uh, if you have to pick between the two, give me the basketball classic. Okay, all right. Um, I'm gonna go and tell you this, Sal. I side with Keith. I side with Hunter. I side with those who say no postseason tournament, and here's why. I think you go all in on next year. I kind of side with what Keith said, and I thought about this a lot over this past week. My near, my knee-jerk reaction when I first heard chatter about postseason tournament, and it's not surprising. UTEP 17, has 17 wins under their belt. They have a lot of momentum, good fan support uh, when we're talking about mid-major level. 17-13 mm-hmm. and 13 overall uh, is what they're projected to finish, and 10-8 and eight in conference play if they lose to North Texas on Saturday. Now, if they win, that's 18 wins under their belt, could win one in the conference tournament and chase 20 wins right there yeah I'm I'm going the other way man because look at what's going on around the program right now notice who was not on the bench tonight it was Butch Pierre who was not there and where is he well he's probably recruiting that's where that's my best guess because right now is the biggest period to try to go out and get the best players you possibly can let's be honest right now some of these, most, well, not not most, but uh, a good percentage of these players are not Joe Golding's initial recruits. Mm-hmm. And remember what I said earlier about the transfer portal. It has n- almost nothing to do with these current players and what they think about the staff. It has everything to do with their surrounding circle and you know their AAU coaches, their family back home, people who are getting in their ear and saying, hey, come over here, come over, play over with us. We'll give you this NIL deal. We'll, we'll set you up nicely over here at this program. So I think, in my opinion, if it's not an NCAA tournament, if it's not an NIT, and there's some, you know, there's some uncertainty on roster changes for this offseason, you pack it in. You say what a season it was. There was a lot of firsts. There was a there was a historic accomplishments that this program uh, had and and did throughout this season. And you kind of just say, you know what, good stuff. 
Let's start r- over. let's uh you know what? Let's focus everything we can on keeping the best players here at UTEP and going out and recruiting the best guys that we can get. And that that would be my mentality if I was running this program. Uh, just kind of looking at it from an outside looking at now. I'll, I'll say this. I'll, I'll digress because. If UTEP goes to the Basketball Classic or if UTEP goes to the CBI, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think uh, more home games, like you were saying, Sal, is an excellent thing for this fan base. You know, we get to do another episode of Minor Talk, which is always fun to do. I get to hang out with you and do that, so that's always a blast. Um, I will say it's not a negative. I'm saying what I would prefer. And I would prefer you, uh, if I was just, you know, looking at this UTEP program, I would prefer them focusing everything all the resources all the focus everything on next year trying to be the best team that they can to be a conference title contender the way that i see it is uh, when it comes to maybe getting to host you know a game or two is that's extra revenue for a team that that's in a conference that does not bring in money you know at the sure. same level as other sure. conferences and for utep to be second in attendance in all of conference usa I mean, percentage-wise, when you look at the top teams, uh, that would be a chance to bring in some extra revenue. So that's how I look at it. Um, but also, too, I still think it really depends on on how they go out in the tournament. You know, are they in the are in the are they in the semis? Are they in True. the quarters? You know, is it by you know five points or so, or do they get blasted by? some team by 15 20 points you know i think that weighs heavy too i agree with you there sal i think it's an interesting debate when you kind of go back and forth about it Uh, i think our um twitter poll question has been awesome all the tweets that we got have been great our phone calls have been out of this world i just think this show has been a lot of fun tonight i appreciate everybody tuning in on this one let's take a time out right now with this as well we will get our station identification uh we will come back on the back end we'll hand out awards We'll wrap this up. We'll look at you at North Texas. Then we'll preview uh, an early look at the uh, conference tournament as you're listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar ID at the agency right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Streaming worldwide through the 600 ESPN El Paso mobile app. 600 ESPN El Paso is KROD El Paso, a town square media station. You're listening to Minor Talk on 600 ESPN El Paso. Brought to you by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Locally owned and operated for 24 years. Minor Talk is back. 880-5763 is our telephone number if you'd like to weigh in. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter is where you can check us out online or send us a tweet or vote in our poll right now, which we're, we have uh, if UTEP is invited to a postseason tournament. Should they go? Right now, 86% of the votes say yes to postseason play, and that is almost at 100 votes right now. Uh, one more tweet to get to. The mayor of Las Cruces, Eddie Morelos, tweets us, Minor Talk is still one of the best post-game talks, talk shows around. Dude, you're the man. I appreciate you, Eddie. Thanks for the shout-out. And uh, love what you do with the Sports More podcast. Always appreciate the love, man. Um, Sal, I want to bring up a uh, graphic that was up on CBS Sports today. Okay. Conference USA Player of the Year candidates. Here we go. Number one, Jordan Walker, 19 points a game. Okay. Is out of this world with UAB. I mean, this guy's beast. Uh, number two, Kenneth Lofton. Junior from Louisiana Tech. We know him. Big bulky guy. Yeah, I love I love Kenneth Lofton. I know minor fans hate him. He's number one by uh Ken Palm right now in all conference USA by Ken Palm. Number three, Sule, Sule Boom. Boom. Yep. I saw that graphic too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
leading scorer in Conference USA, 20 points a game. Davion McKnight, uh, he is also in the mix from Western Kentucky, 15.8 points per game. And uh, that's coming from uh, the uh, CBS Sports Network side of things. Sal, you know, I, I don't. I think it's a li- like. Let's be real. I think it's a little bit of a stretch to call him the outright player of the year. But uh, if if he's not on the first team All Conference, there is a huge, huge robbery going on with Sule Boom. Yeah, I think it definitely has to be up there for sure. Um, you know, on first team All Conference, this is a guy who has not only been the, uh, or not only is he the leading scorer for Conference USA, but he's one of the best defenders on the minor team, and we've kind of just seen him evolve. I mean, he had a double double uh, the the other game. Uh, you know, That's get, right. getting it done on, on the board. So he's shown that he's much more than a volume shooter, and uh, I think he's had to do that. You know, facing some slumps throughout his career, he's finally figured out his game. And now he's a legitimate threat and and a focal point for uh, for opposing teams. I mean, I think the last game against Rice, he probably had something like four points, but he was still being able to affect the game in other ways. And he's erupted uh, for for so many points throughout the games. We saw his heroic effort against UAB. Uh, so I, I think he definitely has to be up there for sure, uh, just because of the way that he's become more of a complete player. Eight eight zero five seven six three our telephone number if you'd like to weigh in six hundred ESPN El Paso on Twitter as well I'm with you Sal I think also you know the volume kind of and also it needs to be mentioned Sule Boom at one point this year was averaging career lows when it came to uh, his his shooting when it came to just you know what it what it uh, took on his end but man he is regrouped in a huge way I mean Sule Boom when you just look at his game log he started at you know he had a couple games where he looked a little inefficient, uh, but he quickly got out of that, and I think that was more of a product of him uh, being in and out of the lineup, uh, not getting that continuity on the floor, whether it be the co- you know COVID um, uh, that sidelined him at one point, yeah. the finger injury that sidelined him to start the year, or the stomach bug that also uh, affected him as well. I mean, Sule Boom, uh, when you look back at his January numbers, some might argue that he just wasn't helping the minors and, and just wasn't shooting well at all, but uh, through the February stretch through the late part of January. He has played on at an all-conference level. Uh, one of the best scorers and pure scorers you'll find. Remember, 32 points against Florida International, 32 points against Marshall, 28 points against Louisiana Tech, 24 against Middle Tennessee, 26 against UAB, uh, 28 against Old Dominion. This guy just puts – he just has buckets, man. He just – he always puts up buckets. And they're for sale. That's yeah. right. Let, let me ask you this, Adrian, before we move on. Uh, now, out of those four players that you mentioned, uh, who do you have as uh, your conference USA player of the Kenneth year? Kenneth Lofton. All right. Uh, I want to say Kenneth Lofton, but I think we'll find out on Saturday after uh, UAB and oh, Louisiana so, Tech. Oh, okay. So you're saying this is like a winner-take-all thing. It, it, it ah, could be because, okay. uh, I mean, it, it's not out. It's not far-fetched to say these two won't run into each other in the um, in the tournament as well. But I think whoever gets uh, gets the best of each other in this game is uh, is going to come out on top for player of the year. I really do. Not, wow. not, just, not just for me, but, I mean, I think uh, the voters are going to take this into account. Wow. I like what you're saying there, Sal. Game— you know, player of the year on the line. 
on Saturday. Who are you taking? Who I think you know what, man? Jordan Walker is an animal. I he might be the player of the year. Like when yeah. it's all like I might be saying Kenneth Lofton Jr. just because I like him, but when you're <laughs> actually, you know, boiling down the numbers and also taking into consideration other voters, let's be honest. I mean, it's some of the media members who vote on this, it's some of the uh selected group at a conference who say some of the coaches who yeah. vote in on this as well. People might just like Jordan Walker, just prefer his game a little bit better. Yeah, didn't he rub for what, like forty something? Yeah, uh, the, he, the other week. He's just amazing, man. He, he's a he's a hooper for real. So I, I think um, I think it comes down who wins that game, but I still think UAB comes out on top. So I'm just gonna put it down and say Jordan Walker. Good call, Sal. He had 42 points against Middle Tennessee in Ooh. that victory, and gosh, yeah, it just shows you right there. I remember against the Miners, he had 22, so this guy is a, is a for real scorer. Like, this guy can do it all, and I really like what Jordan Walker does with UAB. I still think they're one of the best teams, if not the best team. Uh, we'll see Saturday. I, I want to see North Texas in person. Haven't had a chance to do that yet in the first game this year. Uh, you know, that was on the road, so I, I'm just curious to see how the Miners take on the Mean Green tomorrow. Uh, you know, we saw them lose 66-50 earlier this year after they were on a big uh, streak. UTEP was on a big streak. They won, I think it was six in a row up to that point. Yeah. And then they lost to North Texas. So I want to see how they do in this game. And I think that's going to be real interesting to look at. Sal, let's turn the page. Let's look over yeah. to our awards in this one. Uh, let's start off with our first, our hot hand of the game award. I'm going to give you some candidates because okay. we talked about this before the game. I think it's tough because there's some interesting candidates here. You can go with Keontae Kennedy, who uh, was on fire to start off. He had nine points early on into this one, finished with 16 game high for the Miners. You can go Sule Boom, the way he closed out the game. He also chipped in with five rebounds in this one. You could go Jamal Bienemy, 12 points. He had six rebounds, 10 assists in this game, 39 minutes of action. Uh, where are we going here, Sal? Oh, man, it's really tough. Uh, I told you something before the uh, before the show as far as who I thought was going to be a hot hand of the game and player of the game for, for those awards. Um, but you know what? I got to make a switch, man, because I heard something that, that really just put things into perspective. I was originally going to go uh, Jamal enemy with hot hand of the game, but I got to go with Keontae Kennedy in this one because he when he stepped onto the floor, you could tell that uh, UTEP was able to not only get buckets, but he took command of the defense as well. And then he also hit that big three. One of the biggest... Um, things that I was harping on on Kennedy as for why he shouldn't get the award was uh, because of three out of the four inbounds that UTEP had he was unable to do it or uh, they either called timeouts or turned it over but uh, with uh, Steve Yellen mentioning with Keontae Kennedy having the presence of mind to make the right play you know are we gonna bag on him if he doesn't call timeout and it's it's five seconds you know so that that's something that weighed heavy on me Um, and then of course uh, I I think the last inbound was a was a free-for-all, but I still got to go with Keontae Kennedy for a hot hand of the game. That's a great choice, Sal, and that's brought to you by Wind Supply El Paso, the official supplier of champion heating and cooling products. To locate your nearest champion dealer, visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com. And that's, again, Keontae Kennedy winning our hot hand award from this one. Player of the game, Sal, where are we going? Oh, man, no question about it. No question. Jamal Biennemi. 
without a doubt, hands down, unless you're the defender. Put your hands up. Almost a triple-double. Almost. He's going to get it soon. I, I hope so. I, I really think he has the uh, the potential to do it for sure. But just to see him locked in and, and you know, in a redemption type of game, uh, not only against, um, you know, against Rice because they fell to a UAB, the last one, in a, in a winnable game. But we saw the game he had against Rice last time, and he was he erupted, I think, what, 36? And, and tonight, you know, he's only uh, putting up 12 points, but he's impacting the game in a variety of ways and uh, a complete captain tonight for sure. Jamal Biennemi, our play. Player of the game, 12 points, 10 assists, 6 rebounds, 39 minutes of action in this game. That's brought to you by Keith Southwest. From prototype to manufacturing 50 million pieces, Keith Southwest is a trusted partner worldwide for aerospace, automotive, appliance, electronics, military, medical, and many more companies throughout the world. Learn more about Keith Southwest online today at KeithSW.com. Sal, it was a lot of fun today. Great show. Yeah. Oh, big time. It's always a pleasure, Adrian, and uh, it's always sweeter when the Miners win, especially against a team like Rice, who uh, just has it out for UTEP year in and year out. But uh, we not only do we get to talk about the sport that we love, we get to hang out with each other. That's right. And uh, there's, there's a lot of hoopers in conference who would say Fiedler's one of them. We just talked about Jordan Walker and uh, Kenneth Lofton Jr. And, uh, I mean, coming up against, um, against uh, North Texas on Saturday, another really good team with a lot of good players and, of course, uh, the best coach in the conference, Grant McCaslin. So we get to talk about that, man. That's pretty cool. It, it is really cool, man. We're blessed. And, you know, it's it's an interesting stretch that you and I have because we start yeah. in August and we don't take a break. Like, we go Literally, from August yeah. to March and we don't take a break off minor talk. Like, we go every, every week for football and yeah. then football bleeds into basketball. So we're like... Why not? We're like tired and like <laughs> doing these games. You know, it's don't November. talk to us in November, man. Yeah, yeah November's a tough month, and December too. You think November's tough? This year, December was tough too because UTEP was actually winning in football, so uh, <laughs> that that actually uh, made a difference. Yeah, uh, January was a stretch, but man, now that we're we're nearing the end, it's crazy. We kind of go through the hibernation. You know, we do podcasts here and there with minor talk through the yeah. off season, but it's uh it's crazy to think we're here in the home stretch. We're we're here nearing the end. Yeah, and uh, Coach uh, Coach Golding said it best. UTEP is one and zero in March so far. So for UTEP to get off to the month of March uh, on the right foot, that's a big step. So things can be very promising if uh, if this Miners team can you know play to their potential and you know they showed a, a good portion tonight. Like I said earlier, like John Rothstein says, we sleep in May. We can sleep in May, Sal, and then we'll sleep from May to August, and then we'll be right back in action. Yeah, we'll be right back at it. Let's do it. All right, North Texas Saturday. Day, senior day. Keep keep an eye out for who's honored there for Senior Day. That's all I'll, let, I'll leave you with. For Sal Montes, I'm Adrian Bradis. UTEP defeats Rice 70 to 67, and that's right here. Minor Tuck, right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. Have a great night, everybody. You've been listening to Minor Talk, presented by the Oscar Arrieta Agency. Get started on a home auto or life insurance policy at oscaradietaagency.com if you missed any of minor talk listen to the show on demand by downloading minor talk wherever you listen to podcasts